Was it Tom? Was it a combination of Tom going twelve and one at Michigan? Because you know he never was like the outright full on. We love you. Put our arms around you. Starter at Michigan. He 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 wasn't because they had a was it Drew Hansen or yeah yeah they had a guy that basically everybody was like oh yeah this guy's fucking up next like don't bench him because we don't want him to Justin Fields this thing I know, you know that Justin Fields is later but I'm saying just like the way that Georgia fans felt about okay it's good that Fromm took us to the natty but we've got this generational college football player prospect that plays for us and like you're giving him snaps even now don't fucking bench him like play him next year like you have to play him you do so uh we're recording now and and let's introduce today's podcast it's the B baby and my man's Paul AP what's up man hey um feels good to be here so we're doing a college football heavy podcast today. I want to talk college football. Honestly, we wouldn't even be talking NFL outside of bets, but Parlay Pete said, no, nah, we gotta we gotta talk to grown men. We gotta talk Sunday football. We so, do. Uh, let's we're gonna jump right into it. So with the Lincoln Riley piece, Lincoln Riley and Brian Kelly obviously grabbed headlines this week starting Sunday night, signing major deals to leave two of the best programs in the country. What are we willing to say two of the top five programs as they stood with those guys coaching there when they left? I mean, Brian Kelly's been to two two playoffs in the last four years. And, and Lincoln Riley's been in the playoffs like three out of four years, and he's got three Heisman winners under his belt. And so I would say that, yes, they both elevated those programs to being top five programs. But in general, outside of who's coaching the teams, when you program for program, they left – two top 10 programs to truly go to two top five programs. And at first, you know, I thought the LSU job. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me do my monologue. Let me do my monologue. Let me do my monologue. I I, I didn't tell you this in in, in a pre-production meeting. My apologies. So, uh, and I'm going to spin off of that. They they leave those two jobs, which are top 10 jobs at uh, any day of the week, but can become top five jobs when uh, the right person's there to jump to, actual top five jobs. You look at University of Southern California, some of the richest history in uh, college football history. Uh, Up until last year, they had the most professional football players. I want to say they have the most Hall of Famers, the most Heisman Trophy winners. Uh, The early 2000s when Reggie and Matt had it down there looking good, Carson Palmer, Pete Carroll, they were the biggest show in town in the, the whole state of California, everybody wanted to go see USC. Even even with the Lakers. With the Lakers. Yeah, uh, crazy though, but it was. It was. Then you have LSU, Go Tigers, right? Uh, Death Valley, the real Death Valley. Sorry, Clemson. Um, if you go down there, you win national championships. The last three coaches – have won national championships down there. And if you look at the team that Coach O had, it's in the argument for one of the greatest college football teams of all time. The stats say it, but now look at Joe Burrow in the NFL. Look at Justin Jefferson in the NFL. Uh, Look at Jamar Chase in the NFL. And that's just to say a few who are on that team. There are some more players who are going to have time to mature. And it's crazy how the media has so much power here because Brian Kelly is getting murked. Because of how he left Notre Dame. 
and Lincoln Riley's getting praised for being the savior of USC. Essentially, they did the same thing. They played Saturday. They played Saturday. Lincoln decided that he was going to sign a contract Sunday, and he's gone. Brian Kelly played Saturday, goes on a recruiting visit on Sunday, and then leaves the recruiting visit like, oh, shit, this is for real? All right, I'm out of here. And before, and the media leaks Brian Kelly's before he addresses his team, then a, t- then a player leaks the text message, and here we go. Uh, uh, we have these two different perspectives of two people doing practically the same thing. Hold on, work with me now. But here's the thing, y'all. Brian, uh, Brian Kelly's the one getting beat up, and and we're looking at Lincoln Riley as the guy who is going to be the savior. But I think Brian Kelly's going to get to the promised land before Lincoln gets there. Lincoln, he has the flash pop and sizzle. They say he's going to bring back what Pete had at USC. But the one thing that Lincoln has not shown is the ability to overachieve. He has not overachieved as a head coach in college football. He has not put a defense on the field that we say, you know what, that's the national championship team. Yeah, offense looks great. Even offensive line looks great. But what Brian Kelly did at Notre Dame, given the recruiting restraints, uh, uh, the location, the religious overtones, uh, the fact that it's Notre freaking Dame, uh, he could only recruit a certain type of kid. But also, he's going to go to LSU, who's going to break the bank for any player to get down there, NIL, Schminil. There's gonna be LSU players who are gonna who are gonna take pay cuts when they get to the league, okay? And Brian Kelly's gonna have it at his disposal, but he's also everybody's talking about he's not a southern guy, he's a Midwest, he's a northern guy, but he has that foothold. And guess what? Some of the best offensive linemen in the country are Midwestern guys, and he can go up there and grab some of those top end Midwestern. Uh, 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 lineman and then compete by still getting the Southern D lineman. And I think it's going to be a, 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 a blending of the best of both worlds. You know, little Hannah Montana, you get the best of both worlds. But my my big prediction here is Brian Kelly wins the national championship at LSU before Lincoln Riley does at the University of Southern California. Respond, Parlay Pete. A lot to uh, chew on there and and hold my tongue, but I'm glad now I get my chance. So what I'll say, this is what I'll say. First of all, I think their situations definitely, they did the same exact thing, but I think that the, the, the situations were a little different. And here's why. At the end of the day, Brian Kelly left the team that isn't playing this week and nor is Oklahoma. But if Oklahoma had won, I don't think that Lincoln Riley is, He's going to take the job still, but they would not have announced it, of course, because I don't know. It would have been a little awkward for him to have beaten Oklahoma State, then to play them again this week. And, uh, you know, he had to deal with the idea that you're taking this USC job, but you're still coaching the team. Notre Dame season's over. They're just waiting on the committee at this point to figure out if they're going to just play in a New Year's Six Bowl or the college football playoff. Brian Kelly kind of left his team assuming that Notre Dame wouldn't get in. Because if Notre Dame gets in, now what? Of course, he's not coaching the team because he's left already. And it's just 
that would be kind of un like something that it's it's not happened before. And the the idea of his because they can still make it. I think they need a little bit of help. They do need a little bit of help. Georgia needs to beat Alabama, and then uh, Michigan needs Cincinnati to could lose. In re- bro, Cincinnati could lose to Houston, but let's just say that they win for argument's sake. Michigan's going to win. Let's say that Michigan wins. Michigan, Georgia, Cincinnati, yeah. But what if Oklahoma State loses to Baylor? And like I said, Georgia beats Alabama. Notre Dame's in because their only loss would be to an undefeated team that's in the playoff. They would have the best loss of any one loss team. There's nobody that would have a better loss than them. And so, um, and I remember watching that game and how close it was. And it's not far fetched for Baylor to beat Oklahoma State. And certainly Georgia can beat Alabama. So it's just. And Michigan can fucking Michigan. They could lose. I don't think they will, though. But like, look, but I'm just saying that the point is, is that I think that they left under different circumstances. Lincoln left after Oklahoma could no longer be a playoff team and they weren't playing in the big 12 championship makes sense. Bryant Kelly is leaving his team where, you know, he basically repeated what he did last year and you only had one loss on the year. They made the playoff last year. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, They made the playoff last year. I understand why Brian Kelly left. He left because like you said, he kind of has to uphold a certain kind of recruiting standard in a weird way. There And not to mention, they don't play in a conference, and that kind of dings them a little. Like, if they were in the ACC this week, like how they were last year, and they were playing Pitt or Wake Forest, whoever, probably Pitt. No, probably Wake, because they'll be up north with them. Or the East. Or the yeah, I'm not even looking at it from that. I'm looking at who the best team in the ACC oh. is. Pitt, Pitt was the best team this year. So let's just say it was Pitt, just for argument's sake. They're both up north. Well, no, I get what you're saying. But let's say it was Pitt. Let's say it Pitt and Notre Dame. Pitt plays Notre Dame, and they beat him by two touchdowns at least. Seventeen. I was gonna, yeah, two touchdowns, seventeen. And Cincinnati scaves by Houston, and Oklahoma State loses to Baylor, and Georgia beats Alabama. I think a lot of people would be, even though we know that head to head doesn't necessarily matter, because I know everyone was getting upset about Michigan State and Michigan, right? And how Michigan, why is Michigan ranked above Michigan State? And like me and Major Parlay were saying in the group. I'm, and he's a Michigan fan. I'm not even a Michigan fan, but I understood their their process. Once Michigan State got blown out by Ohio State, I looked at it as, or it was no, it was even before they got blown out. It was out. a Purdue game. Yeah, they lost. Yes, they got blown out by Purdue, an unranked team, while Michigan basically was beating Michigan State the entire game, but lost by one possession on the road. So, I, I just felt like I understood their train of thinking. Who's really the better team? You know, like if Georgia were to lose on a fluke, like how they lost in the national championship to Alabama, we dropped the two. Yeah, they wouldn't even drop the three, right? They would drop the two only because they're going to give Alabama the head to head because it is Alabama. But <laughs> if, if it was like, let's say it was Auburn this year, I, man, I mean, I don't know. It, it would be hard to so move a team like Georgia because you know who's better. Like, you know, you know what I mean? You know who has the better team. So, riddle me this one right here with Brian Kelly because you said his is different because his team is still in contention. Oh, and I also think that uh, Lincoln 
Brian Kelly has a higher chance of getting to a national championship first just because he's at a program that's not in the depths of hell. Even though they haven't been the last two years for whatever reason, it's going to be relatively easy for him to flip some of the guys he's already got and get the top guys LSU got. But he still has to face Satan. And so, like, we know that's not easy. But I would say this. Lincoln, I bet, has a national championship at LSU before Brian Kelly. Even though Brian Brian Kelly has a better chance of making the playoffs before, Brian Kelly, he's still got to beat Nick. And then once the SEC championship comes, he still has to beat Kirby. Like, He's got a hell of a fucking mountain to climb. He does, but 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 listen Lincoln, to this. Lincoln just gotta hurry up and get his guys in quick enough and get the transfers that he needs. USC can win fucking eleven games next but, year. But will USC be able to beat Oregon in the trenches? Absolutely. Look, maybe not to start. I'm saying not initially, but what I'm saying is is that it doesn't matter. He's gonna have a high. Fall. We know that the offense has never been his issue. Heisman quarterbacks, like, and we don't know who's gonna transfer where. But at the same time, I that conference is so easy for him to do it in. Like Utah State blew doors on Oregon, right? Utah, not Utah State, University of Utah. The Utes, Utes, whatever. They uh they they blew doors on Oregon. They have three fucking losses. Like they but, lost but, three times this year. They did. And Utah's another team. They they are running a great program over there. And and again, he started. And again, it. He did start it. He did. He did. A uh, uh, pervin liar. But th- th- they're crazy in the trenches. Is I, I want to know is is Lincoln going to be able to build a team inside out that's going to be able to compete with the big dogs? I know Brian Kelly can do that. I, I don't know if Lincoln will be able to to get USC over the top because guess what? When Pete Carroll was winning, they were nasty in the trenches. We talk about Reggie Bush. We talk about my, Matt Liner. We talk about uh, uh, Dwayne Jarrett. We talk about Mike Williams. But guess what? Those boys were nasty in the trenches. Yeah, well, they and, and, and the thing is, and that's an underrated aspect of USC at the time and how good they were. Those teams were loaded. They were loaded. They were loaded. And I think for the most part, during that era, you know, of Pete, because uh, who came after Pete? Was it Sark immediately? I think it was Sark. Know. Sark was at Sark. Washington. It's like some combo of Sark, Lane. Yeah, it was Lane. Know. It was Lane. Lane was next. But Lane only did a year, right? Or no. He yeah, did a he year in Tennessee. He went to USC for like two, and then he went to the Raiders. Yeah, or yes, right. I don't am know. I calling this order correctly? Uh, I know he got the Tennessee job for the USC. Hey, keep your point going, and I'll do, and I'll find out Lane's coaching fucking. Yes, yeah. Lane. USC hasn't been the same since Pete, and I think that we all know that because even with Lane and Sark and Clay Hilton, ugh, I can't believe they fucking hired him. Um, Clay won, won a Rose Bowl. Yeah, I mean. Against who? Wisconsin, like a team that no nah, Penn State. Play. I, I want to. Uh, oh, Penn State. That's a hell I think, even better. I mean, I think Juan Barkley, uh, Trace McSorley, Penn State. That underachieving ass program, but nonetheless, I, 
I know oh, he went he went Oakland first. He left USC to go to Oakland. He was there for uh 2007 to till He only did one year. The Raiders then went to Tennessee. Tennessee for a year, then USC for three, and then they fired him on the tarmac. Okay, so he was the Raiders coach before he was Tennessee yeah. coach. Yeah. How the fuck did Lane Kiffin get that he's job? Monty Ki- he's Monty Kiffin's son. I know, but Monty Kiffin ain't even got no head coaching job. So, I mean, what does that mean? Like, it's not like he's like Kyle Shanahan. Like, you know what I mean? Where it was like this. True. But, Lane, I mean, I don't know. I like Lane. I'm, I'm a Lane. I like I'm Lane, too. I bet Lane takes the Oklahoma job. Because now the LSU one's gone. There is no Florida. Miami. He's not a right fit for Notre Dame. Hell no. Oklahoma. He Miami. <laughs> That job is in disarray. Oklahoma, he can still win like immediately. He can hell, he went 10 and 2 this year with Ole Miss. He can go 10 and 2 at Oklahoma. Oh, next, even, I'm saying, even next year with niggas decommitting. He can he can go 10 and 2 with Oklahoma next year. Because he'll he will he will bring some back. But hey uh, what about what about the idea that Lincoln is running from the SEC? Do you give that any credence? Partially, but not – I don't think that was the main thing. I think the biggest thing was they threw him the bag. We don't even know what the money is. But based on what got reported on Twitter, they paid this man's two houses he had in Oklahoma over $50,000 of market 500, value. No, no 500000 over. Well, I'm saying but a million uh, – yeah, but a million dollars total for the houses. So that's a million-dollar bonus there. You're moving to Southern California. They're buying your house. It's a $6.5 million home. They're going to let you use the jet for the fam. So you basically got a private jet. And you live in L.A. And, like, you're this young-ass dude. Like, Lincoln ain't even 40. It's 37, 38. Oh, man. I mean, what a sweet gig. (laughs) And you get to coach at USC. Like, I don't know if he could have got a better opportunity anywhere else. Like, I don't even know what they're paying him. But let's say that he got the same thing that Mel Tucker and Brian Kelly got. Let's say it was a 10-year 95. And we know that there's more taxes in California, right? But my goodness, how sweet. How sweet of a deal was this for him? And you get to restore California football. Nobody gives a fuck about college football out west unless USC is good. He's going to make them good. He's going to be the epicenter of West Coast football. And he gets to restore the name, and it's not even going to take him that long to do it. Like, it will not take him. USC, man, I'm telling you, USC, I'm not saying they're going to win a national championship, right? But what I am saying is this. The fact that he's going to make West, the Pac-12, he's going to make a whole conference relevant again because you look at all these guys like they you know you brought it up uh Caleb uh Williams came from there uh Spencer Rattles from Arizona like I'm just looking at the recruiting grounds for California JT JT Daniels is our second he was at USC DJ uh, DJU up at Clemson yeah I mean the, the list goes on oh uh Stroud for Ohio State is from Rancho Cucamonga uh, my man's uh at Alabama. Yes, yes, Bryce Young. And this is the point. The point is, is that all these guys are getting away. Not only is he going to be able to retain a majority of them, 
man, he's gonna and I'm Kirby ain't gotta watch out. Kirby gonna do Kirby. Kirby gonna Kirby and Nick gonna get theirs. Look at Kirby Kirby giving out QC chains all over the country to get players. Come on now, Kirby and Quavo. But now there is gonna be a player or two that they might have thought they had in the bag that's gonna be like, man, Athens looks fun as fuck. Man, I'm trying to I'm trying to be California dreaming. Like I'm going, going to Cali, Cali. Like, bro, I love California. Like as a Georgia boy, as a nigga from the South, I love. LA. Like that's the only other place I could see myself living outside of Atlanta if I had the choice of living somewhere. No, New York. I've grown to love New York now, but at the same time, uh, you gotta be rich as fuck to live. You can you don't have to be rich as fuck to necessarily live in California. You actually do have to be rich as fuck to live. It depends on how you want to live. I gotta live a certain way, and so if I, <laughs> if I live how I live in Atlanta, I feel like I have a better opportunity of doing that in the L.A. area than I do in New York City. Yeah, New York City is wildly expensive, like and cold, and and then it'll be small. Like you know, what I mean, you can get some nice shit that'll be. If I got a, t- I have a two bedroom now, right? Thirty, I think. What is my spot? It's like three thousand. It's it almost I think it's close really close to three thousand square feet yes, for two bedroom two bath in New York that three that two bed two bath for three thousand rent's gonna be over ten grand like yeah, but in L A you might be able to get one for five like you know what I mean depending on what part of L A you in like I don't know I and you got I, I, look, let's, let's get back on, let's get back on topic let's get back on topic so we talked about the coaching contracts a little bit and. I, I saw on Dan Patrick a couple of days ago, he, he talked about there's been over half a billion dollars in dead money paid out to coaches and buyouts. Uh, Jimmy Sexton, Richie Sexton, whatever his name, his name is, the, the super agent, he has college football by the balls, honestly, uh, the way he's manipulating these contracts. The fact that Mel Tucker, who hasn't accomplished jack shit, gets a damn near $100 million contract. It really shows you how much money there is to throw around in college football. Mm -hmm. And I have no issue with these coaches getting paid. If you can make, if you can demand a wage and someone's going to pay it, then go for it. I'll never tell a man not to get paid. But what are the optics with these coaching contracts when the players are free labor? I mean... It's always kind of been that way, right? So, like, it just is kind of one of those things where hey, go. the kid that that this is exactly why the kids are getting paid now, and it's because it's big business. There's so much money in it, and even from that perspective, when you brought up dead coaching contracts, the first person I thought of, I don't know why, but it was Charlie Weiss. And like, I know that Charlie Weiss is probably still getting a check from Notre Dame. He's still getting a check from Kansas. This is a guy. Excuse me. This is a guy that hasn't won anything. What has he won? What is Charlie Weiss is is not even as well like. If you're a, a true football fan, you're like offensive coordinator Patriots, right? You know what I mean? No, like, no. You know what I say when I hear Charlie Weiss, guy who had one good Notre Dame season with Ty Willingham's players. Yeah, and then I mean that didn't even result in a national championship or anything like that. So, I mean, he's done winning those. You know what I'm saying? It's not like he did what Brian Kelly did and took 
fucking uh, Manti Teo, a Manti Teo led team, the best player on the team is a fucking line, middle linebacker. It's not even like he did something like that. I, I'm just saying, as a, somebody that knows where he came from, you're like, well, Patriots offensive coordinator Tom Brady, early years. But nobody even thinks about him when they think of the Patriots winning those Super Bowls. They say the defense was off the charts with Romeo Cornell, obviously Belichick, of course, being the coach, and Tom made timely plays when he needed to, and Vinatieri made the field goals. Like, that's what you think of in that early 2000s. But he got his name from that, and he's still getting paid today somehow. He's got this fucking buyout that just pays him for the rest of his life because they paid him because they thought he was a product of why that was happening. And I just, I'll never understand it. I never the only understood. one who I felt like received the head coaching job and may have, and obviously, honestly, really deserved it. Um, dang, I just had a brain fart. Uh, Josh McDaniels. I mean, he wasn't a great. He, he wasn't a good head coach, but I, I felt like he had enough uh, momentum. He had done enough in New England to like show like Brady's progression, the offensive progression, and say, you know what, I can hire this man to be my head coach. He he, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that you know, McDaniel's. The thing with him is that he was the long. He was the most permanent, kind of like how Nick Saban doesn't get to keep his coordinators. Kirby was his longest standing one, too. You know what I mean? He was there for a lot of the... the well, yeah, he was waiting for the Alabama job. He was a coach or the, wait. Or, the, or the Georgia job. Like, because obviously, we know that if there was a job that was ever going to make Kirby leave, it was Georgia. I mean, he's a former Georgia dog. And jo- we all know Georgia always gets talent. Like, with Mark Rick, they always... like. For whatever reason, they just never won the whole thing or even got to it. But we always, the, when you start talking about top five uh, program, like programs that put niggas in the league, Georgia's in that top five. It's Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, used to be USC. Texas, and, uh, maybe Oklahoma? Might even be Notre Dame, low key. Notre Dame puts yeah, a lot yeah. of he put, They put a lot of guys in the league. A lot of guys yeah. that we don't talk about, like your Quentin Nelsons. Um, I, I know. I know a guy personally because Justice uh, went to high school with him. Isaac Rochelle, he's a defensive end for the Colts now, but he was a seventh-round pick. Yeah, played with the Chargers. Seventh-round pick, and he's still in the NFL, and he's still getting snaps with the Colts. Like, shouts out to you too, Isaac, if you listen. Um, but, yeah. Don't like you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a busy guy. But, nonetheless, the point I is – I think that's coaching contracts, man. Are the coaches getting paid too much? No, because uh, they're they're typically, unless it's a private school, it's a state official job to begin with. And if the state's allowing it, at the end of the day, it clearly can benefit the state if the hire is worth it. Is the juice worth the squeeze? That's what this really comes down to. And Charlie Weiss, I know that's a private school. Let me use a better example. Somebody that just wasn't worth the squeeze. Uh, Hugh Freeze at Liberty. Well, they're private. Shit. That might be private. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a public school. Because Kevin Sumlin at Arizona. Oh, come on, man. He was probably the highest paid official in Arizona. And they paid him all that money. I no. mean, they weren't wrong <laughs> to pay him. 
I bet I bet that Nick Saban brings more money to the state of Alabama being the head coach of that football team than anyone else that's a paid official. I, I, I'm sure Nick Saban, I'm confident Nick Saban brings more money to the state of Alabama than any other entity in that God-forbidden state. Nick Saban, if he left Alabama, would be the equivalent of when LeBron left Cleveland the first time. That's how drastic it would be well, for yes. the economy. Like, Nick Saban is, is, is drastically underpaid. I don't think people really understand how underpaid Nick Saban is because Alabama is a fucking national brand. But you, but, but you but you know how that con- his contract set up, right? It's, it's yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, no, yeah. He's the average of the top five coaches or of like the top three SEC, whichever's higher. And yeah, so- like yeah, yeah, yeah. He just got a pay raise without without asking for one. He's still gonna go back yeah. and ask for one in the offseason. But hey, let me let me throw something at you with this college football stuff. I came on here uh, yesterday and I talked about. Uh, College, the NCAA, we should probably just disband it, or at least for college football. I, I, it should be its own freestanding league. Um, for one, it's it's paying the bills for all these other programs that probably shouldn't exist, like diving and 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 and, and acrobatics and stuff. Yeah, cool, great hobby. I know you love it, but whatever. It, you're 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 hemorrhaging money from the school, right? Uh, but. Maybe they should get to a more standard offseason. I think we should get rid of the early signing day. We should push it back so that coaches can actually finish a season before taking a new job. Players can finish out their season before hitting the portal. You know, uh, the recruits can kind of get a lay of the land before they sign their uh, their scholarships and just make it like NFL free agency uh, and 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 stuff like the NFL offseason, where you have a, a free agency period, you have your uh, your signing period, you have your coach transition period. Because Brian Kelly really got put in a terrible spot, where it's like you are kind of contending for a national championship, even though you're not confident that you can win a national championship. But we're going to give you a lot more money and a lot more freedom to try to win a national championship. But I need you to sign today because. Uh, the first signing day is in two weeks, and if you don't sign today, uh, we're going to have to get somebody else or you're going to have a shitty uh, recruiting class coming in. And, and, and it sets the coaches up to be assholes. Well, and they're always going to be made out to be assholes. I mean, look at uh, your guy. You you were a big fan of um, Mullet, Dan Mullet. I don't know why you didn't think he deserved to be fired. Um, but One bad year, man. You know, Guys like this, and you know what this also comes down to when it comes to these contracts that a lot of people don't look at? The boosters. At the end of the day, that's who's really paying them. I mean, yes, the state is, but the, the boosters, boosters they're putting shit. the money up. Like, they're putting the money up. They're helping build the program. The, the state's not building the program. The boosters are. And, you know, fine example, Jimbo. Jimbo, if you ask Jimbo the reason he left, he left Florida State because they wouldn't upgrade the facilities. That was like one of his pet peeves. They didn't, they weren't, their facilities were old. You know, it was still the Bobby Bowden era <laughs> shit. And he, already, and he had already won. He actually already had won. Did you hear something crazy real quick about the facilities? Go they for don't it. really, the facilities don't really matter. I listened to, uh, 
to Bucky Brooks, uh, Daniel Jeremiah, and um, God, his name is slipping my mind, but the guy who runs the Senior Bowl now. And they were talking about when Miami was dominant and USC were dominant. Mm-hmm. They were like, they had the worst facilities in the country. They had terrible facilities, but guess what? They were winning. They had the right people in place. And the, and when you're winning, when you're putting people in the league, the facilities are are, are, are afterthought. The facilities only matter when you're going to the Sunkiss Bowl. That's true. That's true. I mean, but at the same time, with the day of social media and stuff, whenever you look up and you see a recruit visiting, what are they doing? They're posting, you know, the jerseys. The 10 PS5s in the lounge. They, the facilities, bro, they post that stuff. It's it's all a part of the visit. We got to be wowed. It's like, you know, where do I want to be working out for a minimum the next three years? Uh, who's who's the who's the trainer? Like, these are things that do kind of matter for these programs. And that's why, you know, a guy like Bryce uh, Young with Alabama, I'm sure that obviously he wanted to play for Nick Saban, but I'm sure the fuck that he did not want to live in Tuscaloosa. I wouldn't want to live in Tuscaloosa, but there are things that gravitate players, even with Colin. This is something that I asked him about just personally regarding the Alabama basketball program, because that's such an odd place. Well, for him to chosen. Yeah. A lot of people think the check is why, you know, they basically, they cut him a check or whatever. And, you know, I don't know personally, but what I do know oh, is what I do know is that Avery Johnson was the coach and he's a former NBA head coach that had success in the NBA. And, oh, shit, he fucking played point guard in the NBA for like 17 years. Wow. If I want to go to the NBA, that sounds like, oh, and I'll get to get all my shots up. I don't have to go to Kentucky and necessarily be like Devin Booker and not even be a starter, even if I'm good enough to go to the NBA. Are you fucking kidding me? Sounds like it sounds like, and I can build my own legacy at this university. That's not known for this. Oh, and I'm sure that Colin had met Nick in them like, you know, for years or whatever, like, because he's, he's in the athletic program. Right. And so I, I just think that that type of stuff does matter. The facilities do matter. And that does. Like and, and 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 even though the football facility, I'm sure, was different from the basketball, those guys probably are using the same weight room in reality. Maybe they do have a separate one, but like I'm sure that the overall he had access to it regardless. And well, yeah, I mean, Colin Sexton probably had access to whatever he wanted on that campus because of the level of recruit he was. It's funny you say the Avery Johnson thing, right? And this is gonna take us into a topic that we didn't plan, but fuck it, let's run with it. Let's run it. Uh uh, my man's – I got to stop forgetting people's names. I got to start writing stuff down. But uh, coach at Alabama, uh, at Alabama State, Mo Williams. What Mo Williams said was if, you, if your kid wants to learn what it takes to get to the league and play at that level, you can send them to me because I know. I've done it. I did it, you know. And I think that is the way that – if we want to build up our HBCUs, if we want to make our HBCUs competitive, both athletically, academically, uh, uh, with some of the uh, major PWIs, it starts with bringing in professional, former professional players who are competent coaches to do what Dion's doing at Jackson State, to yep. do what Eddie uh, George is trying to do at Tennessee State, to do what Mo Williams is trying to do at Alabama State. When you bring those guys in who can actually – field staffs above what the school 
can normally afford, uh, that opens up the door for so much stuff because you'll get, like, especially on the basketball side, you'll get a point guard who says, oh, Mo Williams, Mo Buckets? Yeah, I know. I know. I can learn from Mo. I know. I know Mo can can text Braun. I know Mo can text Jr. I know Mo can text this guy because, because he played with them, and and that goes a long way. And, and and we've talked about this in the group text. Once you get the kids there, you know, and you start you start getting the fanfare going, and 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 you can, and then if, if you're in the right city, like a city like Atlanta, granted Morehouse is D two. But in a city like Atlanta, you can set up the NIL to make it shake now. You know what I mean? You can. You can. And it'll help with, obviously, uh, the one thing, exposure, just in general. If you're in Atlanta, at the end of the day, this has become, I don't want to call it a epicenter for sports or anything, but it kind of is. Like, it's one of those places that people want to be, right? And so, I, if you think about entertainment capitals, you're going L.A., Atlanta. But I feel like Atlanta's a more fun city uh, than L.A. Yeah. Atlanta's more fun than L.A. There's just more people in L.A. that people want to have fun with. If that makes any sense. And it's just different too. Like L.A. Yeah. in comparison is like one of these places that. Growing up, you always know old movies like, uh, you know, and and we're not even looking at it from a sports perspective like Lakers, Dodgers, whatever. Oh, just we're looking at just from a totality uh, city. You're like the beach. Like you think of all these things. Atlanta now, because of how popular hip hop is in general and rap slash trap music, whatever you want to call it, at, and now Atlanta does movies. It's like, you know, and then people do think of. If you're somebody that's been here, the women, like, you know, it's a bunch, it's a bunch of fine women walking around. Oh, and of course, they're walking around indoors too at these facilities with poles, cash. You know, hey, speaking of Atlanta. Hold on. Yeah, so Andre Dickinson, he wasn't gonna he wasn't gonna take away the strippers. Unlike Felicia Moore, I guess she was, right? Right. But speaking of Atlanta, you do with that, by the way. Huh? You think that had anything to do with why she didn't win? Absolutely. Absolutely. I do too. I feel like it honestly took away votes from her in a weird way. I look here. The strip club, the, the, the entertainment industry in Atlanta is a cash cow for the city. It's one of our biggest tourists. It's one of the biggest tourist attractions in the city. Yeah. yeah. You know, Seattle has the needle. St. Louis has the arch. New York has the Empire State Building. L.A. has the beach. Atlanta got the bitches. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. I had to the strippers. The big booty stripper. Big booty. Anyway, speaking of Atlanta, there's a big game going on in Atlanta this weekend, man. It's championship week. It is college football championship week, man. <sighs> so many implications going on. If Georgia beats Alabama, can, if it's a close game, can Alabama still try to be a two-loss team to get thin, right? There's going to be an argument for it because it's Bama. They're going to need a loss. They're going to need a loss by two teams, in my opinion. 
if Michigan, Michigan, if Michigan loses, Michigan well, they're out. But well, if Michigan, out. Wins, Michigan wins, holy shit. Holy shit. Harbaugh made the playoffs. And will be the number two seed. Yes. Yes. No matter what happens in the Georgia game, he's the number two seed. Right. Luke Fickle and the boys. If Luke gets in, we got a we got a we got a fucking uh you echoing? No. I'm echoing, whatever. But then we got uh, uh, um, a non-power five in there with uh Luke Fickle and the boys getting in. Who thick? Yeah, and then thick. Who's number three right now? I'm drawing a blank. Alabama. Oh yeah, Alabama. That's right. Then we got Oklahoma State hanging out on the outside. They got Baylor. If they take care of business, who knows what happens? They get in. They get in unless Georgia loses. Right, but if Bama loses, and uh, Oklahoma State loses, and It'll be becoming Alabama versus Notre Dame thing. Hold on. Yeah. What if Michigan loses? Like, what if we get, like, fucking pandemonium? Georgia wins in pandemonium. Cause, right, because Georgia is the only team that has, no We're matter locked. what, has locked up their spot. They're in. They're in. I, I'm going to be honest. Alabama can beat Georgia 35 to 10, and Georgia is yeah, we're still, still in. It doesn't really matter what Georgia does. As long now, as Michigan wins, Michigan will go to one. Alabama will go to two. We'll drop to four. We'll drop to three. No, no, we'll drop to four. We would drop to four as long we'll as they make four. Michigan one. They're not going to yes. make Alabama and Georgia play each other. No, no, no. We'll drop to four, yeah. So, but I say all this to say, man, what the hell? Like, it's so crazy because Notre Dame could get in and Brian Kelly could be sitting at home and his team is playing in the national championship. And he's down in, in the bayou like, damn it, man. It's we a- could have a Notre Dame-Michigan national championship this year. You talk about, like, breaking breaking the mold. It's not a southern uh, a national championship. We got two Midwest teams with national fan bases. We might actually bring – I don't think it's going to happen either. We might bring the world back into college football. I mean, what I loved about Lincoln to go into USC, not to hit that too much more, is that we're bringing the whole country back in. Just looking at these teams, like Michigan's involved. Uh, Notre Dame is close. Alabama, Georgia, this is the year from – this is a crazy year. The Braves won a Super Bowl, and Georgia has been the best football team in the country all freaking year and i'm not saying this as a georgia guy i'm speaking from the perspective of georgia michigan should not be one and two alabama and ohio state should be one and two if we're going to go off like historical precedents you know what i mean and if we're counting the whole year in general the hawks made the eastern conference finals and won two games like what you know what i mean like what and and then we got the Falcons at five and six, but nonetheless, we're an eight, eight or nine. We're, we're the right state there. has been showing out, and so yeah, it would be for college football the best case scenario from a program brand. I think in a weird way, they want Oklahoma State and Cincinnati to lose and Alabama to win, and you get Michigan, Notre Dame, Alabama, and Georgia. That would be ratings out the yin yang. Yeah, because no matter what the matchup, obviously Georgia wouldn't play Alabama because they won't. They do will, the the committee will purposely make that not happen. Yeah. Whether the ranking makes sense to where one of them is one and the other's four, they're just not going to do that. But Alabama would have to win because if they lose as a two loss team, there's no way they stay put. They'd have to drop to four no matter what. And so, 
In that scenario, Alabama beats Georgia. Alabama's one. Michigan's two. Georgia's three. Notre Dame, four. You get Alabama and Notre Dame, even though we've seen this matchup now twice. Did they play last year in the playoffs? Who did Alabama play in the first playoff? It was Notre Dame. Probably. I don't remember. That was a blowout. But nonetheless, you still get Notre Dame versus Alabama, a rematch of a national championship and a previous playoff game. Then you get Georgia-Michigan, which is – it just really becomes intriguing because they're the same team. Well, and it's just, gosh, Michigan, Georgia, you know, and even though it would end in a Georgia, Alabama national championship, I don't think that anyone would be mad if we got a part two, especially if Georgia loses a close one to Alabama. But I, for one, am a believer that Georgia's probably going to, and we'll get to the picks on it later, but like, where, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, it sucks that Alabama had such a scare against Auburn because. That line jumped two and a half points. It opened up at three. It moved to four. But then after at the once the dust settled, it was six, it's six and a half as of right now. And Georgia went from minus one eighty to minus two sixty. And the thought is Georgia's going to probably beat Alabama. But yeah, I was hoping that they were expecting it to be a closer game because I was going to hammer Georgia to win by more. I think Georgia's going to win by double digits. But that's just my opinion. So, and then you get you get the Oregon Utah State game, which doesn't mean anything. I guess it decides it plays in the Rose Bowl, but you know nobody cares about that. That's Friday night. You get uh, got Wake Forest Pittsburgh, fun TV. I guess a bunch of points are probably going to be scored. I guess we'll figure that out in the picks or the premium picks if you uh, buy uh, at Emporia app, um, but. You know, going to the are you going to the game Saturday? So I'm undecided as of right now. Um, it's my daughter's birthday, is what it is, and so because her birthday is Saturday, I have to figure out whether or not, um, you know, I have to make a, I have to make a dad decision. Is it is it wrong for me to go? to the football game for three hours and then come straight home. I mean, I do live right next to the stadium. It's not like I have to drive or sit in traffic or do anything. Like it's going to be a three hour process, you know, and I'd have to get her birthday stuck, kicked off a little bit early that way. You know, the game's at three 30. So I'm going to want to leave the house at three. So as long as I do the birthday cake and stuff at 11, I can get home by seven and still salvage it before she has to go to bed. Sounds like you you got your mind made up. Well, and if you saw on Instagram, I put my uh, tickets up for anyone that was willing because I can put them up on Ticketmaster or StubHub, right? But and there's only you know what's even crazier that I noticed once I did that there are so few seats available to even buy because this is not something you sell tickets to. You do well, no. you do if you're a Falcons fan and they offer you the tickets and you don't care to necessarily go. But for me, I just have a dilemma. If my daughter's birthday was the day before or the day after, I'd be going to the game. I mean, there would be no choice. It's just for me, it literally – I wish the game was at night but um, or earlier in the day, but it's literally that midday. That's about around the time you're doing that stuff. And so yeah. that's kind of where I'm at with it. I know my brother wants – he's willing to buy my tickets or whatever, but like – there's also still a part of me that wants to go. So unless I just get what I want, I probably will go. Fair. So I'm actually going to be at a during, 
I should say. I'm going to be at a birthday party during the game, so I'm going to be the weirdo just checking ESPN well, out. There you go. But that's the point. Think about it. You're going to a birthday party, and I have a birthday party to sit. She's not in daycare or anything, so it's not like one of those things where like she's going to have a bunch of people. It's going to be my family. You know what I mean? And I know that uh, her mother's sister, her aunt's going to be in town. And so, like, you know, I don't think anyone's going to be mad if I go to this football game. But I don't <laughs> want to seem fucked up for doing it. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, that's why I posted it. Like, I am going to actively try and sell the tickets. And as long as I can get what I want for them, I'm okay with not going. Because I've, I've sold tickets to the SEC championship before. But I've also been to the SEC championship, like, in the last seven years. I've probably been to three of them. So, like, I mean – it's not like I'm missing out on anything, but it's also George's year. Kind of like I couldn't miss the World I, Series. Like I had to go to a Braves. I have it's on my bucket list now. Like I went to a World Series game, even though they didn't win and they should have won. I was a part of the Braves winning this thing, and I just want to be a part of Georgia winning the national championship for like in my lifetime. Like, I, I think um, when we make it to the Natty, we got to go to Athens, man. Either that or where's the national championship this year? Is it the Fiesta? What's game? Let me see. We got to look. Hey, up. Siri, where's the college football national championship at? The CFP championship will be played on January 10th, 2022 at 8 p.m. at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. Indy? Oh, hell no. But you know what? But you know what? You got business up there. Exactly. I have ties there. So, like, I kind of got an excuse to go, especially if they go. Even if I'm up there for business and don't go to the game, but I'm just at bars. See, if I'm, gonna, if I'm going to do the bar thing, I'd much rather be in Athens at the bars than in India at the bars because the, the college kids, the, 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 the real Georgia fans, they're, they're not going to be in Indy. It's going to be the corporate Georgia fans at Indy. You know what's weird about my time up there? Have you ever been to Indianapolis? No, I, I've been through it, but I didn't even get out the car. So I, I've been there now like four times. I've been in Lucas Oil, obviously. I went to a Falcons game last year. We played them. Uh, or not last year, but two years ago before COVID. Uh, Jacoby Brissett. Couldn't believe we lost that game. But, you know, that's that's water under the bridge. <laughs> Dan Quinn, uh, he better do something tonight. But um, – not too much, man. I'm 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 rolling with Taysom. Well, we're running with the Cowboys money line, so they better win. And I need the over. Hey. Need the, so I'm both, I'm voting for you. I need Taysom to score some points. But uh, hey, wait, let's, let's 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 wrap this up in like a minute. Okay, but point being, um, Indianapolis is like it's weird how they've had the Super Bowl there. Now the national championship is going to be there, and I get it. I Chicago to me would be the epicenter of the Midwest. But of course, Soldier Field, you're not playing a football game into January in Soldier Field. So Indianapolis is almost the only choice you have. And it's weird because it's such a small town. Like it shouldn't be there. It shouldn't be there. I, yeah, I just wouldn't have that just wouldn't even be one of my destinations. I mean, Arizona, we know Phoenix, we know now LA. Vegas hell, Vegas is now Vegas. The even, though even though there's no college football really in Vegas. Like it's Vegas. Oh my gosh. It it's a it's a fucking fan's wet dream to go to a football game there. And so like 
Um, there, I mean, of course, Miami and New Orleans, they kind of get played out. Rose Bowl. We still go to the Rose Bowl, too. Yeah, well, and of course, in the Sugar Bowl, I mean, there, and then, of course, now the Peach Bowl here. It's it's so many different ways that you can look at the college football stuff. And yeah, so, you just didn't have to do it in fucking Indy. Yeah, um, that's weird, though. It's so weird because I don't remember any bowl games, like the playoff games, ever being played in Indianapolis. Nothing that mattered. Are we going to that Morehouse game at MetLife? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm gonna go just because it's New York. Like you know, I, I, you know, I figured it would just be an excuse to go to New York. And we're gonna blame it on more. Yeah, just literally for a quick weekend. Friday, leave Sunday. Yeah. So, Ab, all about Benjamins, about business. Uh, just got suspended for three games, no pay, for uh, presenting a false vaccine card to the NFL. And I have no issue with him being suspended because the NFL takes COVID very seriously. Uh, But the bigger conversation is people are trying to make a false comparison to what Aaron Rodgers did. And we've talked about Aaron Rodgers on this podcast because both of us actually listened to him on McAfee for him to explain uh, his his process where AB gave a fake vaccine card. He didn't take it. He act like he took it. Aaron. And think about his chef is who outed him. Like, isn't that crazy that somehow, somewhere, his chef is who fucking outed him? He probably didn't pay his chef. You know, ABB owing people money. And he's probably an asshole to his chef. To his chef. Like, I mean, AB has shown a history of being a, a person that you don't want to be around. Hey, that's his fault for essentially getting that Raiders contract voided because that was his big payday. As yeah. a receiver, and you know, big I mean, letdown. I mean, maybe even suited up for the guys. I mean, I mean, may, I mean, if we're looking, if we're looking, hindsight is twenty twenty. Maybe he made the right decision. I mean, or or if you ask Drake, God's plan. You know, he did <laughs> video. He's doing all that. Maybe it was God's plan. We don't know. Maybe so, but anyways, he had a Super Bowl ring, and he was actually a contributor. He he was. And yeah. he got to play with Tom Brady. Yes. Uh, so Aaron Rodgers, who said he was immunized, he did not say he was vaccinated. People are mad at Aaron Rodgers for lying to the media and lying to the masses. But here's the thing about what Aaron Rodgers did. He told his team what he did, and he told the league what he did. His teammates knew what was going on, and he was fighting the league to get a vaccinated status based on what he did to immunize himself from the COVID-19 uh virus and if you listen to him just talk about it he points out the hypocrisy of the of the rules that were put into place for covid because a lot of covid rules are cosmetic they're very cosmetic like the fact that i can walk into a concert and i just flash my vaccine card and i could be covid 19 positive as hell with the omicron the amorion touch uh variant and nobody would care because i have the card uh, Aaron was just poking holes at that. So what do you say to those people that the NFL is racist? Uh, they're just showing their racist skin again by uh, lightly uh, lightly punishing Aaron Rodgers, whereas they're throwing the book at Antonio Brown. React. Well, as a black person myself, I look back at history, and history repeats itself. 
if anyone believes that there's been any type of change at all, I guess, you know, I personally, maybe I'm a slave to somebody. I don't know. And it probably is a white person. But if I am or am not a slave, regardless, what's happened in the past? What do you do? You protest. And, you know, you show that you don't approve of this. And I guess that my thing would be if somebody like Aaron Rodgers' punishment versus Antonio Brown's punishment stirs your drink that much, don't watch. Don't bet on it. Don't support it. Don't do anything that that puts money in the NFL's pocket, even though their sponsors are – you know, Bud Light. So if you like Bud Light, you probably shouldn't drink that. Um, Got to stop wearing Nike. Kraft cheese, Nike. There's a bunch. There's a boat. Don't even donate to the Salvation Army anymore. I mean, they support the NFL. So don't support the uh, troops. Yeah, don't support the troops either. They're in. They're in bed with the NFL too. They all are. And so it's gonna be really hard. You know, it's kind of like being vegan. Um, it's one of those things where. You don't even know what's truly not vegan until somebody that's vegan has to tell you. And at that point, you're limited to drinking coconut water, um, not skim milk. Uh, what's the milk? Almond milk. Um, Soy milk. You know, anything that you know, you're, not, you're not chewing bubble gum. Cause you can't chew that. Cause you know, that's like a cow or something. I don't know. It's pig. It's pig. And te- it's something that makes bubble gum. Can't do that. Um, yeah. You're pretty much going to be fucked in life. You know, you're going to have to live this lifestyle. And then I'm sure on Super Bowl Sunday, you'll say, I read a book that, <laughs> you, know? you know, I didn't go to somebody's party, like, you know, and so for those people um, fight the good fight. I will not be doing that because I don't think it's racist, but I guess I know the facts too. And, you know, that's why our good friend, Mr. Turner, I had to kind of out him and say, uh, like, where's the outrage? Come on. And I'm like, I bet you'll fucking bet on it. I bet you'll be watching the games on Sunday. Uh, I bet he's watching the game tonight. I bet he's at his favorite bar drinking a Bud Light. I don't know. <laughs> but, but, but if I was a betting man, I would say that he would be doing one or the other. And so I think that this is more of an issue for somebody on the outside looking in, but somebody on the outside looking in wouldn't even know about it because they don't pay attention to the NFL. So they wouldn't even know that a white guy broke the rules and he got a slap on the wrist while this black guy is now just going to get suspended three games. Even though one's an MVP and then the other one who was one of the best receivers of the 2010s, no doubt, but, um, I guess they saw him in the Drake video too, and they were like, "Well, who's that?" I'm like, you know, nah, it's that, it's that guy. And so, you know, we'll see how they, 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 the uh, flat, or as Aaron Rodgers said, the flat earthers and anti-vax people kind of respond to this type of stuff. We're done there. I, I don't even want to touch it because that was amazing. It's a, it's, it, it was my soliloquy. Was, <laughs> I mean, it was beautiful. Hey, I appreciate it. Hey, the Rams. They've dropped three in a row. They mortgaged the future of the franchise for golf and Von Miller and Jalen Ramsey a few years before. Bill Beckham. Well, they didn't mortgage for him, but they still they added him on. Like. So 
what's going on here? You know, Matt Stafford, uh, or in the words of Rob Parker, my guy, Stat Padford. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Hey, Rob Parker's great, man. Uh, as good as his cornball brother take on RG3, who's coming out with the book. Because he got touched. You have to believe it. Well, you got to read the book to find out how I, he did it. I won't. In this in this organization that's in such turmoil, they got John Gruden fired, fucking cheerleaders. They can't even be a they can't even have a fucking mascot. I mean, there's a lot going on there. Yeah. Dale, find a better team, dude. Uh, anyways, so they, they, they've gone, uh, 10 toes, 10 toes in Hey, and I, and I respect it overall, like as a philosophy in winning, because these teams who build for the future don't realize by the time the future gets there, uh, that front office and that coaching staff will be fired. So I'm a big fan of building for now, but they went an extra step and they, uh, upgraded at quarterback, uh, to Matt Stafford. Now, mind you, the. Over under for neither team really changed uh, once they made the trade. But nonetheless, we thought Matt Stafford was going to be an MVP because we love his arm talent. Uh, we love his toughness, even though he's always hurt. And now he's hurt. And all we talk about is him being hurt, despite the fact that Aaron Rodgers can't feel his fucking toe. And he's looking like the MVP right now. Lamar Jackson throws four picks and still beats a team that y'all put in the Super Bowl. Uh, and y'all still got Kyler in the MVP race, but his team has went two and one with him on the sidelines, but got it. I know it's okay. You, you people don't make any sense here, Yeah, but the, the Rams are in a nosedive. Some people are saying Matt Stafford has a case of the Odell Beckham syndrome. Like a skip Bayless is saying that he's falling into the same trap that Baker fell in. You, he just thinks he has to throw the ball to Odell. Look here, Matt, Matt Stafford played with the best wide receiver of the 2010s. Okay. He's not, it, Odell can't come talking crazy to him. He'd be like, hey, bro, you ain't Megatron. Watch your mouth, okay? And Matt, Matt uh, the coach, uh, uh, Adam, not Adam Gates. Oh, my God, I'm drunk. What's my what's, what's the coach's name? Sean McVay. Damn it, man. Sean McVay, who is the boy genius, who still gets his shit pushed in by Kyle Shanahan, no matter who he puts out there. Every time. Every time he's out here looking crazy because he's changed his whole philosophy. He was he was ground and pound play action. Now he gets this nice new gadget and he forgets his whole identity. It's like Andy in the Toy Story. Like he gets Buzz Lightyear and he forgot who he forgot who's been there for him, who runs the room, who keeps the toys in line. Andy is the king of this castle. But now Sean McVay's got Matt Stafford and he's like his Buzz fucking Lightyear. What's going on down there in L.A.? I think it's a bad case of some of it is scheduled. Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. Can we take a second to that, – that Toy Story reference off the dome was fucking amazing. I'm going to stand up and give you a standing ovation. That was beautiful, honestly. Um, but point being, look, I think that with the Rams, some of it is a bad case of scheduling because – who are these losses to? The Titans, who granted now kind of looking pretty bad, but they were the they had the best record in the NFL at the time of them beating them. Um, they played a 49ers team that if the playoffs started today are a wild card team. And then you just lost to what some would say is the Super Bowl favorite on the road. And so I mean, let's let's give a little bit of credit to the teams that they actually lost to. These are good teams. 
They are good teams. And um, it's unfortunate that they couldn't get the W, but these were still good teams. Like, you know what I mean? Let's give them a little bit of credit, okay? Let's give them just a little bit of credit. These were good teams. The schedule is going to and, – and for what it's worth, the Rams had kind of a light schedule. They blitzed like the Giants. They blitzed the Jets. Like, they played some bad football teams too. They rolled the Pats, though. They did, but the Pats – The Pats, excuse me, the Bucks, the Bucks, the Bucks. Well, they didn't roll them. That game was close. Not Relatively. Really it. it wasn't they, close. They, I, I took the Rams, and they were dogs in that game too. But uh, point being – they were at home, and it was like week three. Like, so it was so early in the year. But, like, um, and we don't know the true identity of teams, which I'm glad you brought up the past because look at that. They were like two and two. They struggled to beat the Texans. Now look at them. If they beat Buffalo, they're in control of the AFC at this point. And so um, I think that with the Rams, they have still have that potential to win the Super Bowl. And Odell Beckham did have a sighting, actually, in Green Bay because he caught like a seven, 60-yard touchdown pass from Matt Stafford. It's good stuff to see. I don't remember seeing Von Miller really do much. But at the same time, Von got manhandled by a a second-string backup, third-string actually, backup uh, left tackle. Yeah, he got no sighting. Only sighting on their defense was Aaron Aaron Donald choking. He's always sighted. We can always see him. But Devontae Adams didn't go off on Jalen Ravens. Did he? He He had five catches on Jalen Ramsey. Uh, he didn't go off forty yards. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like he, he yeah. Hurt. I mean, but I mean, Aaron, who I think should be the MVP now. I mean, I'm still Aaron and Lamar for MVP. Like I don't care if Lamar threw four picks; he won. Aaron, it, do you want to do you want to talk MVP? Go ahead. Let's get into the MVP conversation. I is there an NFL MVP this year? You know, a lot of people were hopping on the Jonathan Taylor bandwagon, right? And he still has a case because he didn't even play that bad against uh, Tampa. They just didn't really give him the ball like that. Yeah, they, yeah uh, like, Frank Reich, we love you. We think you're a good coach. But when you choose to put the ball in Carson Wentz's hand over Jonathan Taylor's hand and you're not down by 21, it's a bad decision every time. Yeah, that's the type of stuff they get. got rumors about Matt Nagy getting fired, which I wonder if Matt's been tuning it in. I know that maybe he's been busy. Coaching. Uh, yeah, well, because he still is. He's going to coach on Sunday. And think about that rumor. Based on that, I, I feel like that rumor, by the way, got taken away because it did leak. I don't think that it was supposed to leak because uh, they did barely win that game. They won on the last second field goal. But if Aiden right. probably leaked it just so he could keep his job. Nonetheless, and we appreciate you, Matt, for always uh, tuning in, typically. We hope to hear from you soon again. But um, uh, MVP-wise, man, in a weird way, if I had to crown one as of today, it's been one of these things where we had so many different guys at one point that felt like they were in it, whether it was Derrick Henry to start the season, hurt, Jonathan Taylor goes on this hot streak. It wasn't just – it was a hot – Streak, and I mean, he still didn't. Like I said, he didn't even play that bad. They were seven and one. He three in all statistical categories for a quarterback. You got to go with one thing. We got to go with the most consistent guy, and the guy that's proved multiple times throughout his career. 
I'm going to go with Tom Brady as of today. I mean, because if I had to pick somebody today, yeah, man, his, his highs have been way higher than his lows. Like his lows. Yeah. They've had some stinkers. Like when they lost to Washington, um, guess we'll have to see what he does against the Falcons this week. Like if they were to drop a game against the Falcons, I'd be surprised. But, um, you know, I think that consistency and statistically wise and record wise, the Buccaneers, even though Leonard Fournette kind of carried them, he had four touchdowns against the Colts. I cannot believe I traded him to you, but uh, now I can't because. Bro, I fleeced you. I told you I fleeced you a week or two ago. No, we're in the same fucking position. If we went I'm, out, I'm in the playoffs you're right now. In the playoffs. If I went out, I'm going to be in the playoffs. And if you go, go to the fantasy projections, they have me in the I, playoffs. I, I don't buy those projections because I've been out the playoffs the whole year. And guess what? We're the two seed right now, leading the division, six, five, and one. Fuck you, boink. <laughs> <laughs> Pitch ass tie. He's not even going to the playoffs. His team is. It's so wild how fantasy works out, too. Is Boink the Raiders? Because Boink was, like, killing at the beginning of the season. So was, so was everybody else. Is literally, this is such a win. Like, this is the elimination week for a lot of teams. Man. Now, I have been the most consistent and the best team in this league since we started. And the No argument for me. The fact that I was fucking two and six, if I make the playoffs this year, I don't even have to win the league. If I make the playoffs this year after starting two and six, man, there's some there's some issues with y'all and y'all's teams. I know nobody can do anything about injuries, but God damn it, everybody start better start making some better trades or doing something. I made trades to put myself in a position to be great, and I know that Dak's going to have a field day tonight. Look here, man. You're not the only person who started off slow uh outside in and it's like hold on this league does not look right uh yep and since we're on the nfl mvp too and i brought up dak you know the crazy part about it is if the cowboys hadn't just started falling off a cliff he would be very much in the conversation himself he was he played a couple games without his best receivers they're both back tonight um he He's definitely the front runner for comeback player of the year. He's gonna probably win that for sure. Dak's Cowboys look great. Um, you know, and we'll see what Dan can do with them. But regardless, uh he would be another guy that that season strong because a lot of people don't remember when Matt Ryan won MVP, the Falcons were seven and five. We lost a game to the Chiefs at home. I was at that game. I remember I was late to that game. Very rarely am I late to Falcons games. I was late to that game. It was raining that day. The Chiefs were a playoff team, of course, too, which they made it that year. And, uh, of course, that's the memorable Eric Berry homecoming. Pick uh, two yeah. and pick six. He scored fucking eight points by himself for that football team that day. And that was the difference in the game, literally. Eric Berry, it was one of the – and he gave the ball. He, you know, beat cancer, gave the ball to his mom who just so happened to be on that side of the end zone from the pick six. It's It was unbelievable. But that game changed the Falcons. That was his last, was his last season too, wasn't it? Basically, of him being healthy, yeah. And it was a game that changed the Falcons' season, in my opinion, because we blew doors on everybody else up until the third quarter of the Super Bowl that year. They literally ran through everybody after that game. They didn't lose again. 
and they blew, they were blowing teams out. We got there was a lot of stuff. So because there's so much season kind of left, I think a guy like that, you know, uh, Josh Allen just had his way. They came off a heartbreaking loss to the Raiders where they had to come no weapons, but they lost in heartbreaking fashion. And tonight can be that. Maybe Dak even gets into that MVP conversation. But I, as of right now, like I said, I like Tom Brady. Tom today. Brady, I still like A-Rod and Lamar. And A-Rod, I tell you what, A-Rod is there too. Missed but- a game. How many times do you give MVP to a guy that's missed games? Josh Allen is still like top two in the fucking and the bet nods, and that's garbage. Man, let's get to these. It's about to be kickoff time. Let's get to these picks before kickoff. We got 14 minutes before kickoff. Okay, give me one second. Let me pull up. I'll start off with my college football picks. Okay, we're gonna go college first. A little college football six pack. You know, uh, uh, you know when I make my six pack, I like a little Sweetwater 420. Got to have one of those in there. Give me a Hopsecutioner. Uh, let's see. Have you had that blue, the blue, uh, 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 the blue raspberry joint from um, Sweetwater? Sweetwater, yeah. Give me one of those. Give me two of the Sweetwater uh, hazy IPAs. That puts me at five. And then we're going to close it out with um, a good old-fashioned Budweiser because it's my favorite piss beer. Gosh, I, I don't know why you like Budweiser. And that's a heavier version of Bud, too. I get I, it for free, man. I've been getting it for free since well, ever. My mom works. Yeah, your mom works at Anheuser Bush, right? Yeah. And so now I we start talking about six packs. If I had to create a six pack, well, I, I you know what? I take that back. I, I have to take out that Budweiser and put in a Lagunitas yeah. little something in there. Like I forgot about my California beer. Well, you gotta give me hops. Before we start, Hopskution is always gonna be the first thing on the list. Um, I've had beers from other countries that I really, really, really enjoyed. My one of my favorite beers ever. I went to uh, Toronto Blue Jays game. Alexander Keith. You want to talk about a fucking beer? Oh my god, that's like one of the best beers I've ever had. And it's an IPA. I was gonna say Labatt. Uh-uh, uh-uh. I, I do like Labatt's cool too. Um, Labatt's cool too. And I mean, I like uh. Karen Lights. I don't want Karen beer. I want Karen Lights. So if you go to your favorite hibachi joint, Karen Light. If they have Karen Light, get you a fucking Karen Light. But here, we're not even going to get into that six-pack. Let's get into the real six-pack. So All right, let's get to the six-pack, baby. For this six-pack, we're going to go into championship weekend. This is a big weekend. It's the final, basically the final weekend of normal college football until we know where everybody is going to be playing for bowl week and college football playoff and national championship supremacy. We got army Navy next week. Is Joe Biden going to show up and go to sleep? (laughs) I'll get into it. There we go. Just saying. I'm just saying. All right. So we're going to give you a a nice little six pack here. Uh, We're going to start off with the game of the week, the one game that everybody will be tuning into and that I possibly will be at. Alabama, Georgia, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. The stage is set at the start of the season. We all knew that this was going to be imminent and that this was going to be the game. Um, As I spoke about a little bit earlier in the podcast, it just – it sucks that Alabama didn't show up against Auburn. 
And it's good. It's a good thing they won because, like I said, it was going to take away Sizzle, of course, if they lost. Like the Sizzle would have been gone. But the odds makers feel like the Sizzle is gone a little bit too because Georgia jumped from the day the odds opened from minus three to minus six and a half. So now you've got to get Georgia at a touchdown. I'm going to throw my balls out there, man. You know, um, because I just don't care and I'm a Georgia boy. And God damn it. Give me Georgia minus six and a half. We're going to cover that spread. I think that Georgia better than Alabama. And this is Georgia's year. In that He already saw a blueprint from former assistant of Nick Saban's goes by in the Texas A&M Alabama game. And granted, a little bit of luck had to happen for them to get it done. But Texas A&M isn't Georgia. Georgia is Georgia. The game is being played in Georgia. Jim Harbaugh, because if he couldn't do it this year, how could he not do it another year? So not only am I going to game straight up, they're going to cover the spread. So give me Georgia minus six and a half. Um, next game, let's get to the Big 12 championship. You got Baylor against Oklahoma State. This game is going to be played at Jerry World. So they're in a weird way. The Oklahoma State contingency is going to be there just because, well, how often are they in this spot? You know, they're not. And so, um, but I'm of the belief that this is actually going to be a relatively close game. I don't foresee it being a game where a ton of points are scored. And I was leaning towards even just taking the under because of how great Oklahoma State's defense is. But Baylor's been sneaky good this year. I underrated them so much. Baylor's at plus five and a half and minus 105. Give me Baylor plus five and a half. I think that they cover the spread. Um, I'm not saying that they're necessarily going to win, but I think this game's going to be close. And so I'll, t- I'll take the points uh, with Baylor. Uh, next game, let's move into Houston at Cincinnati. Another playoff implication game. Cincinnati, to me, has, for the most part, they've come on strong the last couple of weeks, but they've really been a mess, man. They actually have been a mess. Um, Houston's a pretty fucking good team, too. Look, they're 10-1. and one. You know, they're not bad either. They're a game away from perfection themselves. They've got the spread set at 10, and this game is going to be on a mutual field. All right, it's at 10 and a half. Give me Houston on the points. I think the Cincinnati will struggle against a team that actually kind of recruits just as well as they do. Um, and you're giving me, you know, 10 full points. Even if it's a 10-point game, I like the 10 and a half. Give me, give me Houston at 10 and a half. It's just, I don't know. I got to take the points in a game that means something to both teams. Because for Houston, it's spoiling their season. And, of course, for Cincinnati, it's playoffs or bust. Um, next game, let's move to – uh, Appalachian State at UL Lafayette. Uh, what conference is this? Hold on. <laughs> I always got to go in to see what fucking conference it is. I'm not even thinking. What conference does Appalachian State play in? Appalachian State is in the Sun Belt Conference for college football. All right. There we go. The Sun Belt. I like, uh, I like the over in this game. It's at 53. Um, they already played each other earlier this year at State, got the W. Uh, it was a close game. UL Lafayette's a pretty good team. They always have been. Um, they lost their coach, though, right? 
They did. They did. And, you know, that's something that Justice brought up to me when I said something about this game because initially I was going to take uh, UL Lafayette. I just like them more. But um, Billy Napier, yeah, he got signed. Florida got him. He's taking Dan's seat. Uh, now Kirby can fucking wipe his ass with him too. I mean, God, you know, it went from McElwain to fucking Dan. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. That's 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 eventually what we're going to get to see there too. Uh, trust me, he's not, Billy Napier is not going to be just taking a better job. So, um, but I do like the over in the game because even without him there, if anything, that means App State's going to roll up some points, and UL Lafayette definitely can score. So, give me the points there. Uh, at over 53. We've got the Mountain West. Because, you know, now you got to start picking. And, all right, I tell you what. No, 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 no. We're not even going to do that. Because I, I have a whole party. Yes, baby. Nah, we're going to go ahead. We're going to do that. Wait for us at Pitt. Let's do the ACC championship game. Wait for us at, well, it's not at Pitt, but Wake Forest Pitt in uh, Charlotte. Charlotte. Give me Pittsburgh money line. Pittsburgh's the way better team. They're more complete. Defensively, they play a lot of defense. And then there's Wake Forest, who doesn't play any defense. Pretty straightforward. Give me Pitt money line. Next game, or final game for the college slate, Iowa at Michigan. I'm going to take the easy way out. Just give me Michigan money line. They're the better team. They're going to win. I'm not going to do a spread or anything on this game. And the odds aren't great on it, but I just don't see how Jim could Michigan this thing. I really don't. It's it, it's it feels like it's their year to actually uh, probably end up being the team that plays Georgia in the national championship. Because if Georgia beats Alabama, which I'm projecting, and I think a lot of people do believe that's going to happen, that means Alabama. And you probably move since then we'll get Cincinnati. Beat Cincinnati. Beat Cincinnati. You play Georgia you make it to the national championship. And so we'll go ahead and run away with that and, uh, you know, take them uh, on the money line. I think that's just the easiest bet to make. I, I'm not mad at that at all. Cowherd thinks that uh, OK State to give Georgia a, a tough game. I think that defensively he knows that that would be kind of a tough game because that's the number two defense in the country. And so, you know, with that being one of those top defenses, Oklahoma State's not known for their defenses. And that's that's kind of one of the issues for why I can't believe in a Cowboys team like that. It's not one of those teams. And offensively, it's like they don't really show you anything. Georgia actually has shown that they can put points on the board. Everybody thinks Georgia just defense, you know, and they are. This is one of the best college football defenses ever. What, we've, the most we've given up, I think, is 17. That was to Tennessee. Exactly. We've boat raced everybody except for Clemson. And that was on the road. Uh, again, uh, uh, well, and I'm talking about the Tennessee game. That was on the road. Oh, okay. Yeah. That game. I'm like, I expect Tennessee, they won't beat Georgia next year. But, boy, do I expect them to be one of those teams that definitely starts the season off ranked and probably wins about nine games. I mean, they've got – whoever – the guy they hired as their coach, I know, was Oklahoma's quarterback when they won the national championship with uh, – um. God damn it. The coach that's going to be coaching Oklahoma. In yeah, with Stoops. And so he's – that's who – that guy, Brian Dayball or something like that, he he was the quarterback of Oklahoma. Uh, Brian Dayball, uh, that's uh, that's uh, the, the Bills. Bills offensive coordinator. You're right. God damn it. Regardless. Phillip Montgomery. Yeah. 
And so, um, but yeah, that's our college six pack. And kind of on the spot here, I'm gonna go ahead and draft up this uh, NFL picks. Hold on, I don't think I got the name wrong. University. Yeah, I, that's not the coach of Tennessee. Yeah, no, that was Tulsa. I put UT head coach. It took me Tulsa. I'm gonna find this this sob though because I, I don't want to be wrong. I the Tennessee head coach, huh? Tennessee head coach. Yeah, Josh Heppel. Okay, yeah, that's his name. I don't know why I said Brian Dayball. I don't know why he was the first person that came to the came to mind for me. Oh, you got Josh Allen on your mind or something? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I do have him as a pick here in this NFL six pack though. So. Well, let's get, get, get it. I'm in my cool whip inside. No, Gucci. That doesn't mean you come over here when I start uh, rapping cheesy. Come rap. on, man. Don't hold Gucci out like that. Hey, Gucci, speak. Speak. Oof. Speak. Speak. Bruh. You can't perform in front of the camera. Speak. Shake. Don't shake. You want to shake for me? Okay, you don't know your commands. Okay, got it. You ready for the six-pack, man? I am ready for the NFL fucking six. Let's get it. Let's get it. All right, so I've got a list here. We're going to start off uh, with the one. Or actually, this is a 4 o'clock game. Washington football team at Las Vegas Raiders. Fuck you, Dale, and your football team. Your team sucks. And they're not going to the playoffs. And it starts this week by you guys losing to the Raiders. Give me Derek Carr and that momentum on a Thanksgiving W against one of the better teams in the NFC. Um, I like Vegas against them because, well, Derek Carr is better than Taylor Heineke, and it's pretty fucking simple to me. Uh, Not to mention that Redskins defense is still depleted, and we know how bad Seattle is. No reason they should have even had a chance to win that game at the end there. And so uh, I like the Raiders against Washington traveling across the country without Chase Young. I'll take them 10 times out of 10. Um, money line? Uh, yeah, Raiders money line. And you, get, you can get them at great odds. They're minus 125. Um, New England Patriots at Buffalo Bills. I like the Bills to honestly get it done. And the reason I like the Bills over the Patriots is because this is kind of a must-win game for the Bills. If they lose this game to New England, it's a pretty good chance they're going to be a wild card. <laughs> yeah. And so it at least makes things a little bit more interesting because this year, I think this is the first meeting. Uh, the game is at home. They already had a stinker the last time they were at home, uh, losing to do, 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 who did they lose? Urban Urban. No, that was on the road. They lost to Jacksonville at Jacksonville. They lost at home to the Colts. Jonathan Taylor's five touchdown game. Hard okay. To, hard to believe if the Bill still. Even though they haven't looked this good, I still believe the Bills are one of the best teams in the NFL. They're also just like the Raiders coming off of uh, a longer week than anyone because they played on Thanksgiving. I like the more preparation for Bill and a rookie, Mac Jones. Give me the Bills money line. Uh, next game, I trashed them last week, and then I kind of switched it up, actually, on the picks that I put in the comments. You notice I had to delete that because I was like, damn, I was actually pretty spot on about my prediction initially. Um, because Pittsburgh got that fucking ass kicked by uh, the Bengals. We got Baltimore at Pittsburgh. I'm going to roll with Pittsburgh at home 
at a plus four and a half dog. Not necessarily because I really think Pittsburgh is going to win the game. I just expect them to keep it close. These games are always close. And if you're going to give me points with the home team, I've almost got to go with it. And there's no way they can play as bad as they did last week against the Bengals. No way. I tell you what, if so, Benny's going ahead and hang the cleats up after the game. Seriously, if they get blown out, hang it up. Like, move on. You know what I mean? Like, seriously, like, get on with your life. There's there's plenty of real estate down there. You're fired. You're fired. There's plenty of real estate in Millersville, man. Enjoy your life. You know, you were already doing it before. Like, do it again. And I'm not telling you to rape again. You know, we're not – that is not what we're promoting. No, no, no. We're not going to rape places, That's We're just telling you to go to the places that you like to go. And that's clearly one of them. And so um, – but give me Pittsburgh plus four and a half. I just have to take the points at home um, after coming off an embarrassing loss against now your most heated rival. And, of course, you're essentially knocked out of the playoff picture if you lose this game. So I like them to at least keep it close. Uh, next game. Uh, we hit on this a little bit earlier. What's wrong with the Rams? Well, they haven't played a bad team in a minute. They get one this weekend. They get uh, Pervin Urban, or what? what's the name? Uh, Pervin Liar. Pervin Liar. Well, Pervin Liar is going to have to come up with some more fucking excuses in the postgame presser of this game. I like the Rams to steam them at minus 13. If the Falcons can go in there without their best receiver and their best player on a bum high ankle sprain, I certainly like the Rams to get back on trap track here in L.A. Um, against the Jaguars. Give me the minus 13 Rams. I think that that's one of the easier big spreads that's going to be covered because a lot of people look at these spreads and they're like, well, I don't know. Nah, fuck that. They're going to have a big game. Matt Stafford gets back on track. Should look because they're playing bad competition. Uh, next game, we got the Chargers at the Bengals. Totally honest with you. Uh, this is the equivalent of how when Lonzo and Ja Morant, you remember we talked about Lonzo and Ja Morant playing each other on, it's a league pass game. Like it's just for guys that really just love, or women yeah. too, like people that just love, you know, seeing good talent against each other. These are two of the better young teams in the NFL and specifically in the AFC battling for playoff positioning, yeah, which is why I'm not – that's one of your best takes, man, because this is Chargers-Bengals. That is like a league pass version of the NFL game. Yeah, it is, and it's, it's it should be a great game, And which is why I'm not even going to pick a winner. I'm going to pick the points. Give me the over 50 and a half. Uh, I expect there to be points scored in this game. The Bengals clearly, I think they rank number one in explosive plays in the NFL because they've got Jamar Chase, who's actually been quiet the last two weeks. And hopefully he's quiet this week because I play Injustice and Fantasy and he has Jamar Chase. So uh, hopefully he has another quiet week, but I actually highly doubt it. So I'm going to anticipate the points are getting scored here. Um, certainly 27-24 is not out of the realm of possibility, which is, sounds about right. At 50 and a half, 27 and 24 equals 50. Give me that all day. Uh, so I'll take the over 50 and a half uh, in this game. And then for my final game, is Kansas City back? We got the Denver Broncos at the Kansas City Chiefs. This spread is set at nine and a half. My answer to that question, the Kansas City Chiefs are back. I'm rolling with uh, Patrick Mahomes and them to steam up Denver, who typically actually does give them a really good game. But I think that they fall behind too soon, and Teddy Bridgewater ultimately can't put the points on the board. We're going to take Patrick Mahomes, and they're looking like – they're trying to reclaim that uh, top spot, especially if the Patriots lose to 
the Bills. It'll be basically a three-way tie across the top for the uh, AFC. All right, man. So let's just run back through these picks. I'm going to run back through the NFL ones first because I forgot to run back through your college one. We got Washington football team at the Raiders. We're going to take the Raiders on the money line. We got New England at the Bills. We're going to take uh, the Bills on the money line. Mm-hmm. We got Baltimore at Pittsburgh. We're going to take Pittsburgh at plus four and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got the <clears throat> Jaguars at the Rams, and we're going to take those Rams at minus 13. We got the Chargers at the Bengals. We're going to go over 50 and a half there. We're thinking 27-24 uh, for the yeah. score for those of you who want to bet the spread. And we – have the Broncos at the Chiefs at minus seven and a half. We're going to take those Chiefs at minus seven and a half points. Uh, nine and a half. Nine and a half. Oh, shit. Nine and a half. Yeah, yeah man. I got them double du- dub deucing them. Hey, yeah. I, I'm not mad at you. And, and for the college football six pack, we're taking UGA minus six and a half versus Bama. We're taking Baylor plus five and a half uh, over Oklahoma State. We're taking Houston. Plus 10.5 over Cincy. We're taking the over 53 in the App State versus UL Lafayette game. No Billy Napier, but we're still going to take that over. Uh, we're going to take the Pittsburgh money line over uh, the Wake Forest. And then we're going to take that Michigan money line versus who are they playing? Iowa? Uh, yeah, Iowa. The money right, line is the easiest bet. <laughs> so look, those are 12 picks for you, man. You can take that to the store. You can uh, fill it up in a bottle and you can get drunk. But I will tell you to put the bottle down because you don't need uh, much more than this 12 pack here. So after you consume this 12 pack, you don't need no more, man. Just take it home unless you're going to the Emporia app and you're getting those premium picks, baby. It's like OnlyFans, but you can actually make money off of it. Exactly. And you can make it quicker. Well, I mean, these guys aren't making money off of OnlyFans. They just go to OnlyFans just to pay to whack off. But uh, this well, is not that kind of podcast. And, and think about it. And X videos is free, you know. But what do I know? <laughs> you know? I mean. 20 and 4 yesterday, too, uh, on that Emporia app. Uh, 20 and 4. 20 and 4, guys. We picked 24 games and we went 20 for 24. Sounds like a December to remember for me. I, I, you like it? I love it. Hey, Parley P, uh, I'll see you Sunday morning around about mm, 11, 11.30. Sounds like a date. No homo. I, yeah, no. Hey, I'm bringing my uh, little cousin. He graduated from Valdosta State last year. It's his graduation present, so we got to get him real fucked up. Well, you make sure that he's not cheering for Tom Brady. No, he's not. He's not. He's going to be cheering oh, for the He's five. already a winner in my book. All right, man. Sounds good, dog. I'll talk to you this weekend. Okay. All right. Yep. We ballin' big bad